Welcome to another episode of On the Issues with Alain Benmir. Today's guest is Ian Lustig, Professor of Comparative Politics and International Relations at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Lustig focuses on Middle Eastern politics, political identities and institutions, and the expansion and contraction of states. In this episode, Drs. Benmir and Lustig discuss differing prospects for a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We, we, we might as well start with this point. That's a big one. I personally feel, you know, however difficult, extremely difficult, the, the prospect of a two-state solution, it remains, in my view, the only practical option. The question is, how do you go about it? And what elements ought to be involved in the in the process of reaching that point? So I mean, I know your point of view in terms of one state solution, but I'm not sure what sort of mechanism. How do you see yeah, that yeah. come to fruition? Right. And what is what is the prospect of this happening that both sides could actually agree to? I have a very, very different view than you have heard elsewhere, and it's my job to try to explain it. I don't offer a one-state solution. I don't offer that because a solution is when you not only have a pretty picture that you would like to get to, but you know how to get there. If you have only the pretty picture, it's not a solution. It's just a pretty picture. So I used to have a two-state solution because I knew that I thought and there was a chance that negotiations would actually work back in the 90s and the 80s, even earlier. But that's no longer possible. It's no longer possible enough to make it worthwhile trying because the effort to try when it doesn't succeed produces a situation becomes even more oppressive than it would be if you did not try. In other words, what it does is prolong a situation which is not going to go to a two-state solution, but because of the mirage that it might, all other possible ways to liberate people or to improve relations between Jews and Arabs and their lives get shoved aside. So I see it as a destructive, increasingly destructive, as counterproductive. So what do I suggest, since I don't suggest a solution? What I say is, is, is there is a one-state reality. There is one state. It's not a solution because I don't, so not pretty, but it's a reality. The question is how to change that state. It's not to say that in the long run that state couldn't divide into two states the way the United Kingdom did. You know, the United Kingdom in 1800 annexed Ireland and Ireland, which had been ruled by as an occupied colony for hundreds of years, became a part of the country. After 80 years, the Irish were able to mobilize Catholics enough so that they became dominant element in British politics. And another 40 years of struggle ended up in a two-state solution, an alone plan in Ireland. So the first, you had a one-state reality. It wasn't a solution. It <laughs> was not pretty. It turned into a democratic state with lots of struggle and then into two states, which might still yet change again. But we're talking about generations and centuries. We're not talking about 
5, 10, 20 years where this is going to be resolved. But how do you maintain the status quo without continuing bloodshed? The status quo is precisely what I don't like. The status quo is the pretense that there might be a two-state solution, and therefore we don't look at any other questions. For example, extending equal political rights to all the people who live under the rule of one government. That's something that should be put on the table. Suffrage. Suffrage with the right to vote. and Everything. That's right. Well, I mean, this is where we have the first stumbling point in terms of, as far as the Israelis themselves are concerned. All right. So here, so this is the next step. One of the uh, things that is conventional, and we all grew up with it, is the idea that Arabs and Jews have to come to an agreement. The two sides will come to an agreement, and then you're stymied because you're going to measure, never imagine representatives of the Arabs and representatives of the Jews agreeing to anything, one state or two states at this point. At least certainly, let's say, one state. One, They're not, but that's not the way states historically develop. For example, the United States, when the South in the United States tried to say there's going to be a two-state solution in North America, not one state, they're going to be two states, in the South and in the North. And Lincoln said, no, there's not going to be. There's going to be a one-state solution here. And he fought the war. The Civil War was fought over that, not to free the slaves. From Lincoln's point of view, the blacks would go back to Africa. That's what his position was. After the war, that was obviously not going to happen, there was an attempt to give rights to the black Americans, but they were freed but not citizens. And they were citizens but had no rights. For 80, 90 years, you had Jim Crow because the, neither the whites in the South nor in the North ever imagined that the United States would become a multiracial democracy. That occurred as a result of splits in the white community so that black votes started to mean things. George Wallace, who was elected as a segregationist, won his last elections kissing black babies because it's the only way he could win votes. So one way that, for example, women got the vote is because some people in, some men in power thought that they could get the women's vote so that they would stay in power against other men in power. Eventually, what happens is Jews split and Arabs split in different parts of the Jewish community start to see that they have an interest in Arabs voting. You look at the Israeli election right now, we know the kind of government that's going to come about. If you're interested in the Palestinian problem, we know what it's, gonna, what it's going to be. What we don't know is how illegitimate will the Arab parliamentarians be. The right in Israel is now all about Gantz has to be defeated because he'll rely on an Arab uh, obstruction, obstructionist uh, party. In the future, the only way, and even now, the only way the left and moderates can come into power in Israel is if all the Arabs vote and many more of them can vote. So the right knows this. Ultimately, if they annex, they've got to deal with this problem. And the way they want to deal with it is to keep Arab political participation delegitimized as long as possible. Those are the important struggles to me. Yeah, well, you know, we have to take in, uh, more couple steps at a time, one step at a time. Uh, First of all, we have, how do you deal? See, the reality today, 
from your by the by your definition is a, a de facto one state, yeah. except that the Palestinians do not have the right. same so right. It's a, a non democratic state. It's a non democratic right. state. That's that's what is today. There is also the fact the interdisbursement of the Israel and the Palestinians. That's right. Be that in Jerusalem, be that in the West Bank, be that in the Galilee, in, in, in Israel itself, right? In Israel itself, that interdisbursement, in my view, it will be um, impossible, probably to reverse. Yeah. Now let's go with your theory in terms of if we cannot make change now, it may take 10, 20, 15, 20 years, or thirty years, yeah. or, or two generations, yeah. or three generations. Based on the reality today, and demographically speaking. Where do we where we're going to be in 15, 20 years? It's already if today the, the Palestinian in the West Bank and Gaza and in Israel proper exceed or just about equal to the number of Jews living in Israel. According to the military, and if you take into maybe, account four percent of Israelis that are not Jewish or Arabs, there are more Arabs between yeah. the sea and the river, yeah. and that doesn't bother me. That's part of that's that's part of the future of the country. But let, let but but let's but that has to be carefully considered. That is the population, the demographic. Let me. I just want to get yeah. my point. Yeah. Uh, if today they are just about the same number, or maybe slightly less, more, there's no question. Given on the birth rate, the, given on every other consideration, the Palestinian will have an absolute majority in five years or ten years. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait seventy years. Come down the question is. And I'm not talking about dividing territories per se. Right. I'm talking about in terms of what the principle that is. Is there any point in time where the Israelis will accept, if you were to have a democratic form of government, will accept a, a Palestinian government? Well, see, Unless I, you have a different kind of approach or solution. First of all, when you say Israelis right there, I assume you mean Jews. Jews. Let's talk okay. about Jews. Because I don't believe that it will be possible, even in today, it's not possible to put all Jews in one category. The Ben-Aris and, uh, and Meretz, there's much more in common between Meretz and the joint list than they have with most of the parties on the right. So to say that the, the Jews are worried about one more Arab than there is Jew. No, because eventually, and even now, you're not looking at a society that's made up of a Jewish group and an Arab group, but of many different groups, secular Jews, leftist Jews, right-wing secular Jews, right-wing Haredi Jews, uh, and different kinds of Arabs, Muslims as well. So eventually that will become very significant. It's hidden now by the strategic and rhetorical strategies of the dominant players who have an interest in making it seem as if the struggle is always between us Jews and them Arabs, and and true also on the Arab side. But eventually that won't be the case. But but there's no reason. There's no. I and mean, what would be the rationale? That's not going to be the case. What is the foundation? The What's foundation the, would be, for example, you've got uh, joint problems between uh, poor Jews in southeast Tel Aviv and poor Arabs in Jaffa. They have common problems that are not the same as uh, as rich Jews and or Arabs elsewhere. Yeah, but you have pollution or health issues around Gaza and the envelope. 
Uh, you have all, all manner of questions that will come up, class, as well as just sheer politics and regional. There will be some regional, and there already are, where in the Galilee or in the West Bank, Jews and Arabs that live in an area have an interest in seeing things done. This is this is true, but then you're talking about uh, the social and, and, and political, uh, social and economic uh, concepts here, and you're not talking about political. And that's where we, we're probably going to have, we depart. And that is, uh, based on what my uh, review and survey, there are less than 5% today in Israel, Israeli Jews, that are willing to live under a Palestinian government. Less than five percent. I personally do not having looked at this conflict for the last four or five de four decades and, and some. I did not see a change in that regard. Have you seen polls about? It's surprising. How if you put a poll, would you accept a binational solution, or do you think it's the best solution or a democratic solution? And you will find nineteen, twenty, twenty-five, twenty-seven percent of Israeli Jews say yes. Now, was it, even if you went down to 15%, it would still be higher than the proportions in the early 70s that wanted, were willing to accept a separate, a two-state solution. So things change. And in right things, now, the, the, that idea of a one-state pretty acceptable picture, which I don't, as I said, I don't have a path to that, uh, a negotiating path to that. But the fact is, just because a poll says X now doesn't mean it will say that in 20 years. It's, and the ideas that we're talking about are more popular now than the two-state yeah, solution was in the 70s yeah, or 80s. But you're talking about really fundamental change in the, in, in, in the right. among the Jews and what is Israel for them. It's what, it, what is it, it will cease to be what they mean by a Jewish state. And, that, and then the question is, I, don't, I personally don't believe that that belief is going to change whether in 10 or 15, 20 years. But I want to go with your, with your concept in terms of one state. I call it the two-state plus. What is a two-state plus? I look at the ground and I say, massive movement of people mm -hmm. is not likely to happen almost, under almost any circumstances, unless you want a catastrophic event. Oh, gonna, you, okay. Uh, yeah. For the Israelis to actually kill, push, yeah. destroy yeah. the West, the Palestinians, the West Bank and Gaza. It is unlikely to happen. Okay. So, so this reality on the grounds are going to change, and I go by that. The second one is this. If you want to create a two-state solution, how do you go about it based on the reality today on the ground? Other than perhaps moving some settlers, maybe 100,000, not more, scattered all over the West Bank. They may have you know, possibly go back to the three blocks of settlement along the 1967 line. That has been discussed. It's a possible. It's doable out of the 650,000. We can ask whether you include Ariel and Maled. No, in not those. including Ariel. Or Maled. Or Maled. No, let me explain that to you. Okay. In Israel, and this is what I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out. I'm, I'm advocating this position, solution. There are 2 million Palestinians living in Israel. That is Israelis, right? Um, well, you're counting Arabs. East Jews? No, there aren't that many, unless you count East one million, Jerusalem. One million seven. Right. Without your, what's one million seven? There were 170,000 when Israel was created. There are not 10 times as many. Now, is there any reason why shouldn't be 100,000, 200,000 Israelis living in the West Bank as long as they, they adhere to local Palestinian laws? 
I distinguish between citizenship and uh, nationality. That is, I can be a citizen in the West Bank, but I'm a national. But I can vote to be elected in Israel. Oh, that's that's not citizen. That's some kind Perman of. is a citizen. Not political citizenship. No, permanent. No. civil rights. Civil rights. Yes. Permanent residency. Permanent residency. Okay, okay. Permanent residency. So this is the yeah. parallel states. There's yeah. a bunch of different. Which ideas. means, yes. which means that if you have a place like Ariel or like Ma'ariel, you mean, they are, for all intent and purposes, they are in the West, they have to adhere to local Palestinian laws, but they are actually, now. Does that mean the Arabs in the Galilee would stop, would become permanent residents? If they choose to. They can stay exactly exactly the same the way they are today. Now, the political line, the, the, the the borders, no walls, no fences, nothing. It's a political line. Just like Jerusalem, no Palestinian or Israeli conceive for a moment that you can divide Jerusalem, physical division, that's not going to happen. Political division with some of them, political division that will not change absolutely nothing other than you see it on the map. Now, here what you have now, imagine there is a political line, but there is no separation. I just want to throw the word process from the very beginning because that's not going to happen overnight. You're going to need a process, a process of 10, maybe 15 years of reconciliation process, where the both people are going to have to remingle, investment, white party, visitation, all kind of things, people to people. That has to precede any such an approach. And, and who, who has control of public land in, in these different areas? Pretty much what it is today. That is, well, I mean, wait a minute. much of the West Bank belong to the Palestinian the way it is. Area A, certainly. They no, 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 I don't mean that. I mean categories of land. Most of the land in the West Bank, and even most of the land in Israel, is uh, Miri land, or state land. Yeah, in so Israel, who, who, Or JNF land. Yeah, JNF so land, it, yes. So the yeah. Israel Lands Authority. So yeah. who controls it in the West Bank and Gaza? Who controls that land? It's a Palestinian land. So the, all. So now it's controlled by Israel. Well, but that's the whole point. Israel, that is Israel will have to relinquish. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But but and now what if one? This is this idea. The versions of it are very popular among or in Yiftachel. There's many many groups that talk about two states in one country. I've even talked about two national homes or parallel states. One of the questions that I'm interested in is whether an Arab from the West Bank can move to Haifa and be a permanent resident there, just like the Jews who live in uh, Elon Moreh are permanent residents near Nablus. Yes, that's a very good, they, very the, important and point. And could they vote in Haifa municipal elections in the same way that permanent residents uh, in Jerusalem, the Jews, the Arabs, if they want to, can vote in a municipal election. Okay, but this is the kind of thing that needs to be agreed upon mm-hmm. in terms of pro- in terms of proportionality, in terms of numbers, in terms of as long as, for example, they cannot become Israeli citizens and be able to vote or be elected in Israel, if they are once they are have a Palestinian nationality, Palestinian passport, Palestinian flag, and Palestinian everything. Yeah. But can well, that's a question. See. Permanent residents can vote in municipal elections. Yes. So locally. Yes, I know. Locally. So if Palestinians move to Haifa, they would be able to vote in the Haifa municipal elections. They will be able to provide it, but there's a certain mechanism how many can actually come. Oh, and would there be a, a limit on how many Jews can how many Jews go can into the West Bank? Yeah, yes. Also? Yes. So what happens here? 
you are institutionalizing what's on the ground. What's on the ground is now institutionalized. Mm -hmm. S with the minor small exception, that is, not all the settlement, and there's, and my, mind you, I have extensive discussion on this. Is it possible? Just about most Israeli will tell you there's a nearly 90 settlements scattered all over the West Bank. None of them has more than 500 people. Or, or, so the total is 80,000 out of 650, including Jerusalem. These are the only ones. And why we do, another, we do that in order to, to create continuous landmass throughout the West Bank without having Israeli pops up settlements all over there. Africa, Malad, Dumims is... Is what because yeah. how is Mala doing? Ma, well, uh, Ariel definitely. It definitely definitely stays as a Palestinian. Oh, it's, it's it as 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 a, as a no, it's a part of Palestine, and it's Israeli village, Israeli city. It's already a city. Ariel is a city. It has university. Yes. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so does Al Malia Dumim. It says, there is a little discussion uh, I've had about Maria Dumim, given that it is only three miles from Jerusalem. Uh, so whether it should be incorporated into the three blocks of settlement mm -hmm. or whether it should have that kind of status. Mm -hmm. That is debatable. But the one thing is everybody knows, and I don't want to change anything, there are Israelis, just as much there are 1,700 Israelis, live, Palestinians living in Israel, why shouldn't there be half a million or 200 or 300,000 Israelis living in the West Can Bank? we talk about Gaza for a moment? Yes, absolutely. One of the interesting things I find about Gaza is, all right, there you have 2 million. Yes. It'll be 2.5 million. Yeah, yeah. And then around Gaza, you have very, very small Jew Jewish communities. And you have, but most of the refugees in Gaza, that's 80% of the population, come from that area, from Ashkelon, that whole apron around, which is almost uninhabited in Israel. So why not, under your plan, improve the situation in Gaza by letting those refugees go back to where they came from, settle that uninhabited area? Exactly. There is the need for land swap. Given that Israel has these settlements on Palestinian territory along the Israeli 69-7 line, they are in, inside Palestine, not outside. They occupy roughly 5-6% of the overall land mass and of the West Bank. The exchange of territory is going to be near the, uh, to Gaza. I, I don't just mean this little piece of desert. No, not desert. Just no, it is, it's a quite substantial. Would, would there be any Jews living in that area? No, not really. Why not? If they want to, Why but there's, there's none Jews now. There's only a few settlements with right. maybe a couple hundred, three thousand. I'm told about 700 in total. Oh, you're not talking about the State Road area or... No, no, no this is, this is about, about in the south. a couple of hundred, uh, yeah. a couple of hundred square, square kilometers. Yeah, maybe a little bit of more. Of desert. But look what the Israelis have done with the desert. <laughs> so it's not exactly. I well, mean, if you get I enough mean, capital, you can. Then, do a well, lot. I mean, for That's me, true. capital. No, for me, sustainable development project, land reclamation. I was very much involved mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. I could see how miracles actually, mm -hmm. along the Jordan uh, the Valley, mm -hmm. all the way from Elat to to the north, if you travel that route, it was desert.
desert as desert can be. There are now nearly 20 settlements. And from the, if you see from the air, you see these green spots right, right. along all the way. So for Israelis, under condition of peace, and this is what I'm trying to, to tell them, under condition of peace, everything is possible in terms of do mass, land mass reclamation. There's plenty of water because Israel is the leading country in when it comes to desalinization. And they are right at the beach. <laughs> you don't have to go. That's true. You have to go too far to have two, three of these desalination plants that can supply more water than can possibly consume all of Gaza and any other settlements. So what I am saying is the, the interesting part of this approach. You don't change much on the ground. You don't give it up in terms of rights. What happened is, given that coexistence is inevitable under any circumstances. They can kill each other for 100 more years, or they can live in peace for 100 more years, because they cannot get rid of each other under any circumstances. They cannot what? Cannot get rid of each okay. other. They're stuck. Mm -hmm. They're stuck. Now they need, and I'm asking them, now, you are, you have, now you're, you're stuck. Tell me how do you want to live for the next 100 years? Okay, let's talk about the politics side of it. Yes. Um, because I agree that for any, I don't, I don't see a way, like, okay, this party would change its line, then labor would split, then Likud would split, and it would form a new party. Who would actually, the religious, the part of the religious would buy into this, and then on the Palestinian side, they would agree to this because of this. What is the strategy that would lead you to think that a, winning coalition on both sides would actually accept this to negotiate it? Or do you think it would evolve not as a product of successful negotiations between the PA and Israel, but as an Israeli government that comes to decide that the best way to organize this whole territory it rules is no longer through a military control, but in, in which case it's much more similar to what I'm saying. Eventually, the country will change uh, either in, through administrative reform or more likely political uh, yeah, transformation, the, but, but not the, through negotiations between the Palestinian Authority. Uh, or the no, Al no, it's, a, it's actually the reality itself will dictate the, uh -huh. the process itself. Can you give me an example where this has occurred, where you say the reality? I tried to give you in the United States and Britain examples where the unintended consequence of expansion where the United States and the North expanded to dominate the South and un unintendedly created a multiracial democracy, yeah. or Britain unintendedly created a multi-ethnic democracy and then two states without intending to by expanding. Yeah. Now, many people, including the blue-white movement, including the, say, by expanding, if Israel's not careful through, it'll unintendedly transform the country. Yes. Now, that could be a good thing from each of our points of view. Maybe we're really annexationists. But I am, I'm, what I am saying today is, you know, the expansion ought to end. Why not just end well, that well, at all? Well, because that will be contrary to what to the entire approach that I'm looking at. That is, if you continue to expand, then you have to give the Palestinians this equal right. What we are trying to do is pretty much freeze well, that's an institutionalized what is today. Does that mean a control on movement? Because it's no, 
control on movement. They can go in and out for trade, for they can do anything. This is a movement of people. That's the beauty about the approach I'm taking. The movement of people, but you know, in, in the 80s, you could go when you went to Jerusalem and went to the oh, West Bank. Israelis that. used to go shop in the West Bank and come back day in and day out. When you go to the Gaza, for example, Gaza, leave alone Gaza. To me, the blockade is not just inhuman. It is the, the, the making the conflict ever more yeah. intractable. Yeah, yeah. And the Israelis are so blind to mm. see that if you continue the blockade, all you're going to do is continue to nurture animosity, hatred, violence, and it's not going to end. Yeah. Why not go with the Palestinian offer with the long hoodna? Mm-hmm. Long Hudna will provide the found the basis on which you can build relationship. Because it will be in the interest of Hamas. Imagine this if they have 20 years long Hudna and they're building buildings and hospitals and and and, and schools and and everything and they're developing the territory. How much vested interest they will have to try to keep it to make sure that Israel is not gonna come back and destroy it. So for the Israelis not to accept the Hudna as a prerequisite to improving re- eventually relationship with the Palestinian, the extremists I'm talking about, specifically mm-hmm. Hamas, the Jihad is a group, all of them, Islamic Jihad and all of that. Israel is a terribly short-sighted in this regard. And I am saying to the Israeli, tell me how you're going to get rid of Gaza. Mm-hmm. How, what are you going to do about it? If you don't accept this kind of because maintaining the blockade is not is not sustainable, it's going to explode. And you wrote about that. It's going to explode. Not just going and mowing the lawn again and again. They've already done this three times, four times. There's a reason why Netanyahu um, did not want to go to Gaza and why Lieberman le- left the, the government because of that. Because Netanyahu, however uh, disgusting he is, uh, uh, was right. What's the point in going? But he did not go far enough. And unfortunately, Hamas keep feeding, leaving, you know, playing into the hands of the Israelis' crazies. Is there any party in Israel? I mean, if you were voting in the election, who would you vote for? Well, what I'm trying to do is... Is there any know, party that Yeah, well, Lapid, Lapid is leaning, and I'm trying to do is finish the paper. I'm happy to send it to you and share sure. it with you. To, to show them how this can work, there's a small there's a chance, I don't know how small it's going to be or how necessarily big, if Gans Lapid, the blue and white yeah. party, manage to form the next government, if they manage to form the next yeah. government, the prospect of this kind of solution will improve 100%. Uh, with or without the Likud in the coalition? Without the liquid. Well, then who, how are they going to get to 61? They, in, they will have to include some of the Arab list as well. And, uh, and Kulanu uh, will is, go along with that? But, well, even, even if you the, look at the Yalon numbers, will go yes, along with yes, that? Yes, yes. Yalon is absolutely he's part of the government. He's part of the blue and white uh, I party. know he is. Yes, yes. And, and, and Ashkenazi? The three top generals, former defense Well, ministers. that would, to me... That would be a huge uh, step forward if yeah. the Arab party, if an Arab party became a. Uh, but I, e- even for that, they would need to do pretty well. But yes, if they can do that, 
I'll be very impressed. Because and all this, kinds is of part, this is part of the whole reconciliation process. If you look at these Arab parties in Israel, they are more concerned about their brothers in the West Bank than they are concerned about internal relations or domestic problems in Israel itself. They could not care less about Israeli Jews' domestic problems. They care more about their problems and the problems in the West Bank and Gaza. That's what they are concerned about. Give them an opportunity. And mind you, going back uh, under Barak, he had one Palestinian deputy for minister. So it's not totally unprecedented. Not totally unprecedented. What I'm trying to, to tell them, you know what? These, these are Israelis. You Barak talk made it very clear he wasn't going to allow any Arabs in the coalition. Absolutely not. To yes. me, that is not unacceptable. Uh, I know. That's yeah, they're they, they, they saying, they saying that. But you know, the whole approach we are taking, we are talking about, is to some, is that mm. for many Israelis, wait a minute, because there's this political. But my point is this why I talk about the process. Even if this government does not go, we need to start a process, what I call process of reconciliation. Did you, I asked you whether you had a historical example or some other example where this kind of outcome you occurred. See, you see, you cite the United States, you cite situation in Europe. Right. They, are, they are unfortunately totally unapplicable. So what's or, applicable? Uh, what, the, the reason why, the reason why, the Jewish experience, now we're not talking about what's right and what's wrong talking about just reality, mindset. Take any Israeli today, 10-year-old boy, he will talk about the Holocaust as if he or she experienced it themselves. I've written a lot about that. And And that's true now, yes, but it was not true in the 50s or 60s. But it's true now. Yes, but that doesn't mean it has to always be true. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying, however, you're talking about mindset, mentality. Take to a boy, a Palestinian boy, at the age of 10, 12, he speak about the Nakba yeah. as if he or she experienced it themselves, yeah. which means you can, we have to go through a process of reconciliation that also starts with the school. You don't think that that's, that you think that's deeper than the, between whites and blacks in the United States? Yes. Or between or Catholics and Protestants? It's, well, you don't, it's, have you, it's, how much you have you read? You know why it's deeper? No, because it's not. The, the, It just seems Jews, like that because the, it's no, your people. With the Jews, is survival itself whether, it, whether it's right or wrong, in their mind, yeah. is the very survival of the Jews being because of the experience. All right, well, if I accept, let me, I, I don't agree that, that, uh, with that, and if you study the Protestant Catholic Civil War for a century, and you will have that experience of, oh, thank God, nobody could hate each other more. But let's, let's grant that somehow. It's, so, so what you're saying is that you don't have any any example in history where your kind of process worked. But you know what? Uh, when you talk about example in history, there's always a first example. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But it's much, it's much less reassuring to well, people. It may, it may <laughs> very well be. But the problem is, again, I constantly look at what can I change. And I come back to the same conclusion. I cannot change certain reality. Short of catastrophe. Oh, that is the big question. What are the changeable things and what they aren't? But you can't. But those things limiting them to the maximum extent. Mm-hmm. But I limit myself to the land swap, 
which everybody talked about and almost agreed on when Almert was in power. I talk about removing limited number of settlers. People talked about it. It is not a crazy notion at all. Get that land, don't give it to the Gaza, so expand their, their land by 50%. And so, so there is nothing really crazy that has not been talked about. No. What, it, what you need to do is change minds. Begin to explain to them how this is going to benefit both of them, not just immediately, but for hundreds of years. Because there is no way you can separate them and because no way you can build walls anymore. And uh, without ma massive, any massive movement of people. Well, I am, you can always say that the Jews are different, but if you say the Jews are different because they hate and fear more than any people have ever hated and feared before, you just make it less likely that some kind of rational arrangement would be arrived at than in these other cases where you might say that the, the opinions, whether they're Protestants and Catholics or blacks and whites or Germans and Poles, well, they get along better. And yet, when we look at those cases, when we look at those cases, we find that the outcome of the conflict is not the result of a rational plan that people have agreed on, but the unintended consequence that people didn't predict because they were overly successful in something or partially successful. For example, the Israel, Israelis wanted to, who were annexationists, they wanted to annex the areas and make them a complete part of the country because they imagined that it would be a Jewish-dominated country. Well, they succeeded in integrating the areas so that they can never be torn away from Israel, but, they, uh, but they're going to end up with a multicultural state. Yes, and this is exactly the reason. And one that's, but, it, but the engine of, de but democracy won't be stopped. You won't be able to keep in place an arrangement where people who are, generations are born over and over again in the same area, subjected to the same questions in the same circumstances, but some have the, have the political power and others don't. No, this is not sustainable. Well, this in is the, a, not this in the is West why, Bank and not in the Galilee. Neither. None okay, of this. So that's eventually why, they'll all be That's why my, my, the approach I am taking is not a question of rational. It is, re, 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 it is what's on the, re, on the ground. It is not, you cannot you can rationalize it, uh -huh. even if you can. What are you going to do on the ground? That's what moved me to this kind of direction. Because if mm. you cannot make a drastic change, a dramatic change on the ground, you're stuck. And I want the solution that make this being stuck not just livable, but eventually progressive. Eventually, each party can live their own life as they see fit, free, but they'll have also tremendous level of cooperation. And, have you and, talked and, to Palestinians about this? I talked to them. What did they of, say yeah. about what you've taken so much land in the West Bank and in the Galilee and given it to the Jews, taken it from us Palestinians? Are we going to get any of that back? Not so much land. You know, um, in, the, in the negotiation between uh, Olmert yeah. and um, in 2008 and 9, and uh, uh, I, I know 
first hand the progress that was made in terms of land swap. But eventually, I, I don't, I'm not talking about land swap. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about expropriated land. 70% of the land that Arabs in Israel had before 48 was expropriated in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah, but... but and the same and massive expropriations took place to create all of these settlements the, in the West Bank. The, What's the, going to happen to that land, Earl, when you say we're freezing it, we're institutionalizing well, it? The, the Are you saying we're koshering the, the, the expropriation the, the, of the land? No, the, the Palestinian living in Israel, their situation, they're going to change one single iota. I understand they're not getting their land back. They, they are, you know, they, I, as a matter of fact, they're not talking about getting their land back. Well, will they have? Will will the JNF they, rules they be free. changed so that they will have equal access to lease land? Yes. So that will be changed. Lease, lease, yes, lease. Fifty-year leases. Because even Jews in Israel cannot buy land. Yes, but fifty-year leases, like the kibbutzim, have a hundred years. Well, that's different because right now. The JNF, to, uh, the Israel Lands Authority, does not you lease know, land I used to, lead, to I Arabs. Used to, I used to be except for ago. one or two years uh, at a time. Yeah, I was. I used to be the national director of the Jewish National Party of America. Of the of the Jewish national director of the Jewish National. Party. So you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I live it for eleven years. <laughs> so I, if if in your imagination that rule will change, absolutely, because you cannot have people citizens of a single country with two different rules. And I'm not talking about the Palestinians in the West Bank. I'm talking about the Israeli Arabs in Israel itself. Right. They have the right to vote. If they have the right to vote and be elected, they should also be treated when it comes to land. I, If I'm a Jew, I want a piece of land in Israel, I cannot buy it. I, I, I can only lease it. But you can lease it for 49 for, years. For, you can lease it for but 49 years. But not if you're years. an Arab, you can't do that. You can. No. Well, what I'm saying, part of this you have to also uh, you know, make sure that this is the case. And I don't see, and I have not seen a real resistance to that because they're losing nothing. And in the West Bank, that's their territory. So the land that has not yet been expropriated and turned over to the settlers, which is a lot, that land would be run by the Palestinian Lands Authority. And they would be able to lease it to Palestinians for 49 years, but to Jews, not so much. You see, the, the settlement today in the West Bank, the three blocks, they already talked about it, a nauseam, in terms of yeah. how much land exchange is going to be for that. And there's very little really dis discord as far there's as talk that about the yeah. quality yeah. not yeah. the quantity of the land i know uh, exactly you know a lot i mean and i'm never <laughs> second guessing i've read all that. of Ariely's <laughs> stuff yeah, i know yeah. exactly no you know you know a lot more than 99.9 percent of the people i absolutely and i have tremendous respect for you uh so so yeah the the problem with the west with the was the quality it was a very important issue and then when they start to think, well, the, the Gaza people are so ten, dense community, they need more land. Mm. And so we're going, instead of giving it to the West Bank, a desert south near yeah. the, the Dead Sea, we will provide so many square miles more land in exchange. And then they also create the corridor. This is a water corridor as well, a highway corridor between Gaza and, and the West Bank. And the question there, we're all at the time, he wants to incorporate the, the land that's going to be occupied by this uh, waterway as well as a highway, whatever it is, 
as if apartheid for the exchange. <laughs> and I said to him, no, this is good. It's good for you. It is good for us. We should not be part of land. land well, it's a beautiful eye, a picture. If Jews can go shopping in Nablus without going through checkpoints, and Arabs can go to the beach in Mediterranean Sea from uh, Ramallah without going through checkpoints, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, it's hard to imagine. I mean, one of the things I, I know is, well, wait a minute, what's to stop those Arabs from going back to the villages that they were from and living there? No, they cannot. You see, that, that's the well, whole point. Who, how, would they, how would we check them to make sure they're not... Well, they cannot buy land, nor will they be able to lease land from JNF if they're not Israelis, Arabs. No. They would just go to they upper, to upper, upper. They would just go to Upper Nazareth and and, well, and you know, uh, yeah, rent from there is a, little bit a of Russian. It's <laughs> not in any way no. going to be massive no. of any way, and there is no concern about that whatsoever. So I I I I think that your 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 take on it plus my take on it. Well, we we both share the idea that you know the name the word in. Traditional Zionist ideology, stickic process. Do you know that word, Borokov? Mm -hmm, stickic mm -hmm. processes. Mm -hmm. These are things that happen with, you can't control them through politics. They're automatic. We both are looking for something that we don't have to depend on the politicians to decide because we don't, we're so desperate for improvement. And we don't trust the politicians. So we're looking for a logic that's strong enough to carry the situation to a better place. Yeah, this is, this is the approach. And what, the only point I want to add to it, since because of the current situation in terms of mindset, hatred, animosity, distrust, these elements need to be mitigated before you can go into the big picture. Mm -hmm. This is a process. Well, I want these two parties, whoever is going to form the, for the next government, engage in the process of reconciliation first. Because that's what we're going to need for them to be able to, to see Reconciliation among the Jews uh, or between the Jews the, and Arabs? No, it's between the Jews and the Palestinians, of course. Well, that's the whole idea. I mean, remember this. Today, 100,000, 120,000 Palestinians cross the, the line, the border, and go to work in Israel today. It's not uh, just a fact. And they go and they come back home and they they work. It's not uh, so simple if you've it, ever tried. Well, to they do go it. through they go through yeah. checkpoints. You know, through the checkpoints, there's no question about it. But for the employee, those who've been working in Israel yeah. and have their papers and they know them for a number of years, they move like very quickly. Because imagine hundred thousand. Otherwise, it would take two or three days to process them. Most of them are processed. They know who they are, they know their background, and they just move on. I mean, I was at the checkpoint and I've seen this uh, happening. So, so uh, you know, to suggest to you, I'd be terribly presumptuous to tell you that this kind of approach is going to, everybody's going to swallow tomorrow and it's going to type it. It's going to require some ex for the explanation. It's going to require for the, the leadership to understand what are the other options. Do you see your approach is different from? Or in Yeftachel's and that whole uh, parallel state literature that you, you read about? Yeah, but he, you know, it was more of a separation. 
how about the confet and then you have all these confederation ideas yeah. a lot of them do entail freedom of movement yeah. and permanent yeah. residency you see, any confederation anything that is going to govern one another is not so you work. see two states it's a two states two states two states and the right. capital of the palestinian it's state a, will be where abu it, it, no it will be in jerusalem now this is debatable uh, uh, if you look at even what trump Huh? Moving the Jerusalem, and most people just overlooked one phrase there: that the final borders in Jerusalem will be established between the two sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not categorical at all. So you know, I so it could I, be in Sheikh Jarrah. Yeah, it could be. You know, all they have to expand the the parameters of Jerusalem. Israel already did that significantly. Yeah. And the Abu Dis could be there, or, uh, or, yeah, or, or the other one, the next, uh, what's the name of this um, other uh, village? Right, right, <laughs> right in Jerusalem. Whatever it is, it's certainly not famous enough to be emotively uh, important to the Arabs. Will be, in my it. view, it will be in East Jerusalem. And there is nothing that can change as far as the reality of Jerusalem itself. Today, 250 Palestinian thousand live in East Jerusalem. Well, one thing that I think that may very well happen is that the line will be drawn back where the wall is to get rid of about fifty or seventy thousand. It's a political line. No, no, no. I I've written a lot about that line with uh, Aqab and the uh, Shufat refugee camp. Those are in Jerusalem, in the municipality, but on the other side of the barrier. Except, and yeah. They can just say nope. Yeah. They're no longer. Except that the the thing is in Jerusalem, the Palestinian can go to West Jerusalem, can go to to anywhere in Israel for that matter, even though they don't have Israeli papers. That's right. They just so 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 you see, element of what I'm saying, it's already in place. What we want to do now, expand it, without shaking the entire system, shaking the reality. What what exists already. That is the idea here. And, and, and from every angle I looked at it. But East Jerusalem is a mess. East Jerusalem is a horrible mess. Oh, it's a mess. It, it so needs money, it's it requirements. Need, it, what it needs uh, is yeah. political power by the Palestinians who are there so that they can be, so that the people who run the city will yeah. give them the services yeah. they need. Yeah. And the refugee problem, you know, more, you know, the refugee problem is absolutely. There is one solution, and the one solution is compensation and resettlement. That is, any Palestinian who wants to resettle in Palestine can go to the West Bank or can go to Gaza. And Wait a minute, how about the apron around Gaza? They can go anywhere. Once there is... Majdal? Uh, once the, the new border is established for uh -huh. Gaza, then they go oh. any part of it. They can go to any part of... Of, of of the West I Bank, the and my 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 approach was as you know for the international community to raise the Britain, the European community, United States, mm -hmm. something to the tune fifteen twenty billion dollars for resettlement and or compensation for those who want to go back to Palestine, and the idea you know when they say right of return, right of return, I, I keep saying to them, do you consider the West Bank Palestine? Say so, yes. Do you consider Gaza to be part of Palestine? Yes. Well, yes. let the Palestinians go back to their homeland. So, one, so I, I have actually written something on, the, on that. It's interesting because nationalism 
which the Jews were born into because they were ripped out of their land thousands of years ago. So they have no connection to a particular place. They have a connection to an abstract idea of Eretz Israel. That's a very modern idea of nationalism. And the traditional way that a people connects to its land is, I live in this particular valley. There's where my grandfather's buried. Mm -hmm. I, I know the cave there. It's a connection to a place. And then most nations, because they build up a state where they had a connection to a place, gradually absorb a no, an abstract idea of space to put on top of the emotive connection to the place. Idiata Aretz with Jews. So, so when you say to a Palestinian, oh, wait a minute, isn't the West Bank Palestine? Well, no, in the sense that it's not the place they're from. Jews never had to worry about that because they had no idea where their ancestors were actually from. In yeah, the, yeah, absolutely right. The example that my answer to them, show me other possibilities. And well, I've just explained to no, you. No, no, but you're the, right. There are many I, of the many of the villages yeah, are yeah. still many of the areas that, that Arabs in Gaza refugees were from yeah. are still empty. Yeah. So why can't they go back? Well, again, you know, they're still is, empty. If, they, if if Jews were looking at places that they had been expelled, very limited no, land left. Not, I mean, I no, that's why I pointed yeah, out yeah, that that whole yeah. area south of Ashkelon all is almost uninhabited, and yet hundreds of thousands of Arabs in Gaza. Come from that area, but again, uh, Salman Abu Shitta has written a whole analysis of uh, how that could be I done. I am, I am, I am. Uh, but politically, uh, you know, uh, that's the problem. Uh, realistically, as the speaking, that's right. I, I but know, I, I'm not dealing. I try to all of these years not to deal with ha any hypothesis if this and all that. that. It, I'm always gov I govern myself. What I can change or what I cannot change. And I would be delighted and happy to work with you to, to, for us to, 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 to create some new thrust. Have you, you're saying you're writing a, you're, you're finishing a paper? Yeah. yeah. For commission Along by, these lines. Along yeah, these well, lines. Well, I'm no, anxious to read I, I'm it. not, I am totally, completely, absolutely independent. I get no money from no one, nor do I seek it. Period. Yeah. I do this at my expense from day one, and that's will continue to be the well, case. Well, uh, terrific! I will. It's be about happy 50, to, 50 pages. Happy to give you comments yeah. on it and yeah. see where we might. I can, I, as I said, I can see there's a certain theoretical basis for us. Our approaches are. When similar. I'm also establishing the paper, the process itself, not just talk about let's have a process. I'm quite detailed yeah. about the process. I'm quite detailed about what it's going to take. Well, that I'd like to see. And also, I'm quite detailed about what went wrong in the, in the negotiations in order not to make the same mistake again. Yes, well. And then go to each conflicting issue and provide a solution. Palestinian, Jerusalem, refugees, internal security, borders, and economic foundation for the whole process. Is this a paper you can provide to the Palestinians as well as the Israelis? I am going to provide it to both sides. Do you oh, have absolutely. context there? Uh, pardon? Do you have context in the Palestinians? Oh, side? yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. So if I don't do it now, within a month or so, so uh, we, we will be going back specifically for that purpose. Terrific. Because I want to deal with the, with whoever is winning win the election. <laughs> so you, shall we make predictions? Oh, God. Can you predict what whether Trump going to do tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's going to lie. He's, gonna and, uh, he's going to lie. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a, 
a national, you know, a monster with Likud and Blue and White together, whereas Blue and White will have the prime ministership first. Likud will, uh, without Netanyahu. Netanyahu, they'll say either he'll be second or we'll have somebody else be prime minister. I sort of doubt that outcome. Good. I think if God's... Uh, if, I don't like it. If Gans if and, and Lapid manage to come uh, emerge number one party with like 33, 35 mandates, certainly they will form the next government. Based on every polls we've been looking at, there's a good chance, specifically because of uh, um, uh, Netanyahu troubles and problems. Because if he did not have this problem hanging over his head, the liquid might have so been the, able to. So the coalition partners will be everybody else but the Haredim and the right-wing parties, yeah. you yeah. think? Yeah. Kulanu, Meretz, the, the, Labor. The, the, uh, one of the religious party will go to any oh. party. Oh. All they want is money, appropriation for their institution. They couldn't care less. As a matter of fact, one of the two parties doesn't even recognize. They couldn't care less. They, they're only I concerned see. about Jerusalem. They say, find something for Jerusalem. And then we do not give up to the... the, the the Jewish section. They sell themselves. <laughs> Shaz is more than happy. And Kalon, he's in the middle. And he's, 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 not, he's not ideologue. No. Um, the guys there, they have, they have the, they own their luxuries, they want their place. And then, uh, so they can remove these two Shaz and these two, two. Gans and Lapid will absolutely attract these two parties. And they have a majority. Uh, with, with or without the, the Arabs. Okay, that's that's a that's an interesting prediction. You'll have yeah. a strong showing, yeah. 30, 33, 35 seats yeah. for blue and white, right. and then they'll form a government yeah. because they can get mer uh, labor and merits in Degala Torah or yeah. Shas in the same government. Yeah. If that happens, you know, but as far as I'm concerned, whether or not it happens, uh, and may, I may not be able to do it on this trip, we're going to prepare it carefully. And I would love to come and sit down with you again. Well, you heard it here. We'll see what happens. Huh? Uh, as my arch president says all the time, we will see what happens. I yeah. don't know if, but. Uh, well, thank you really again and again. It's my pleasure. Time. Thank you for Take stopping by. And, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll get together again sometime. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page and stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.